Happy New Year. Happy, Happy New, New Year. Year. Good yeah. to see y'all again. Yeah. We are back. Yeah. It is 2020. Welcome. We going up the steps with our purse back. over our shoulder. Y'all know that, that meme? Child, it's a new year. Stepping, <laughs> stepping into 2020. Stepping over everything. Stepping over everything. All kinds of souls say. Uh, joining me today is the Angry Back fan, Jamal Darby. What up? What up? We got Rodney Richie Rich Richardson. And special, very special guest. guest. Yeah. Dash Tide from the Carolina Woo-hoo. Blitz is yeah. back. Gang. Yeah. If y'all remember, she was with us uh, before the season started for a preseason show. And now that the season has ended, <laughs> Thank God. we brought her back for our postseason wrap up. So thank you so much for Thanks coming. Thanks for having me. I always love being on with yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Right. So, um, so, yeah, so the Panther season ended. Uh, we didn't do an episode last week. We were taking a little break for the holiday, but not that any of y'all cared that we got destroyed by the Saints. I don't even remember the score. The game didn't matter. It didn't yeah, matter. It's 42 to 10. Yeah, we saw Will Greer get demolished, uh, <laughs> and then Kyle Allen had to come back and get demolished some more. Uh, that led to uh, a tweet by a Panthers player questioning how come Cam Newton has to take all this punishment. It, it's just mm. the offseason looks kind of like a mess uh, going into it so far, we lost our head coach. There's a lot of talk about who Tepper's going to bring in. Just it looks like disarray. The only silver lining is that Luke Keekley made another Pro Bowl, and Christian McCaffrey made the All Pro first team on two positions. Uh, first time this ever been done for our offensive player in hey, NFL history. Congrats, man! So congrats I to think, him. Uh, I think Greg Olson summed this season up. Perfectly, and these were, and I said this last week on my solo video, but these are his words, not mine. Organizational failure from top to bottom. Mm. Absolutely, I can't say it any better. Season man. full of missed opportunities. Well, I don't <laughs> even know if the opportunities were even there to be honest. To miss, apparently, the, apparently the season ended on uh, August twenty second, pretty much twenty nineteen against the Patriots. The thing is, you know. And tra- during training camp, everybody has so much hope. You know, they oh, everybody's won the Super Bowl. They brought in Gerald McCoy. <laughs> everybody was saying that this defense was going to be scary. Cam Newton was finally a hundred percent. You know, he and Curtis or, Samuel or was he? Mm-hmm. He and Curtis Samuel were connecting. You know, during training camp, and everybody was talking about how potent that that, that duo was going to be. And then you had Christian McCaffrey, and then. Everything just went downhill. But last week in the lock, matter of fact, I would say after that New Orleans game, the first one mm-hmm. in New Orleans where they came back and, and beat them, I think that that basically took the soul out of the Panthers. I remember in the locker room, Vernon Butler, we were in there, and Vernon Butler just let out a scream. Just he was sitting. What his, he screaming for? <laughs> he was sitting at his locker. Get, get knocked on his hey, ass. Hey, stop and then he took his frustration out on the Colts. <laughs> yeah, he punched somebody next game, but no. Yeah, he was sitting at his locker and he just let out this this scream. And I think that that game was the one that took the soul from the Carolina gotcha. Panthers. Have you ever seen a reaction like that after a loss? I mean, I've heard guys yelling. Uh, people might be upset. Um, uh, Gosh, Bruce Irvin is usually the most colorful one in the locker rooms mm. after games, uh, but uh, not just a yell like a of frustration. I don't think gotcha. I've, heard, I've I've heard that. Before. It was like 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 a Florida Evans like damn 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 type of <laughs> damn, like, like, damn, damn. <laughs> was it like was it kind of like that or was it, it was it was just like 
It was a yell. Okay. Gotcha. It gotcha. was a yell. What, I bet the other players were just like, man, if you don't shit. <laughs> Everybody was frustrated. I see Luke just like, like yeah. come on, man. Everybody was frustrated, well, though. I had a good season. <laughs> It was. It was. That well, was. Yeah, a lot of it. frustration abound. I think we all felt like going to the season. The Panthers had the talent to compete, so there were some opportunities there. Yeah. But one, and this is true for every team in the NFL, you can't win without a quarterback. That's true. You just cannot. Your quarterback either has to be able to manage the game well enough for your defense to dominate, or they have to lead the offense. And we know, as Cam Newton goes, that's how the Carolina Panthers go. It's been like that for nine years, and this was no different. And when we saw. When we saw in that first game against the Rams, he couldn't plant that foot to get into those throws. I think we all said, hmm. The quote of the year, the foot is not such. Well. (laughs) Well. Well, but but. Cam Cam can shoulder, no pun intended, a little bit of that blame because he, from, from his own admission on his YouTube video, he was the one who said, no, the foot's good. I'm good to go. I can go out there and I can throw passes. But I can see you that you're not good. I, I know, but you're that warrior who's going to tell, tell Cam Newton? His coach. His coach. Um, like, like, his, his, it, he's him, uh, his I, owner. Uh, uh, this, is Cam, this is Cam Newton. Cam Newton's still a Carolina Panther. Them guys are all gone. That's yeah, what I'm but, saying. It's, it's, but funny you mention that because <coughs> if we go back to the Amazon series from last season, David Tipper himself said, hey, something's obviously not right with this guy. Yeah. And it obviously didn't take care of itself in a few months between last season and all season this season. So if your owner clearly sees that something is wrong with you, it's time to put your foot down and say, man, you know what? We don't think you're good right now. And then, and then am I right? Am I wrong? Right? No, I, I don't disagree, but it's Cam Newton's personality. Cam Newton is going to die on the shield. He's... And, and I think, but he, you don't have to let him die on the shield. Well, I, I think he built up enough trust. I feel like with the organization uh, where they're going to trust. What but he's at. you hear time and time out, even coaches will say, even with Christian McCaffrey, there was a lot of talk this season about his workload mm-hmm. and, and was he doing too much. And Christian will say, if you ask me, I want to say I got, I want to be on the field. Whether he's gassed or tired or hurt or whatever, these guys are always going to say, I want to be on the field because they're competitors, right. they're warriors. So you're not going to tell one of these guys who clearly wants to be on the field that, okay, you know, sometimes it's going to take a voice of reason, somebody from the outside looking in, like a Coach Rivera, who had been there. You know, he was outside of Belichick. He was the most tenured coach in the league, right? Nah, yeah. right. So you're going to tell – you. it's going to take somebody like him to sit you down and be like, bruh, like you're not good. You need to chill. And in the long run, this is going to be better for you. It's going to be better for our team. So I feel like the organization has to shoulder some of the blame for what's happened with Cam Newton and these injuries. Quick question for you. Do you think that he saw what was going on last year and this year and was kind of save his trying to save his tail in order to – there's a lot of talk that you know he kept him out kept cam in because he knew that cam gave him the best opportunity to win games despite him being hurt Mm -hmm. i I think it probably was a combination that's how i see it which leads me to my next question was it the best thing for the panthers for cam to sit obviously for cam's long-term health it's always best for players to rest but when we see um the rise and fall of kyle allen And how poor quarterback play when when he played poorly led directly to losses mm-hmm. was the best thing for the Panthers to 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 try and shore on with the eighty percent cam or was it just 
we were just doomed to fail from the start. And what what was a bigger detriment to the Panthers this season? Offensive play, particularly from the quarterback position, or that run defense? Um, I'm gonna say it was it was best to let him sit because here's one thing we're not talking about is that terrible offensive line that yeah. both quarterbacks yeah. mm-hmm. had to play behind. Absolutely. So if we're looking at long game, if we're if we're looking at at, at, at long term in the in the long run it was because the thing is he clearly wasn't right the first two games he played and you risk him even further injury playing behind that terrible offensive yeah. line as you keep him out there. Mm-hmm. So I, this season was going to be a wash either way. Now that I mean hindsight is twenty twenty, obviously, man. But if we look back at it now, man, how far are we really going to go with an unhealthy Cam Newton and this offensive line? So I had a question. Do, do you think they should have tried to upgrade the backup quarterback position? I think so. Like there was a cap out there. But see, what happened was Kyle Allen came in and they went on that win streak. True. So mm-hmm. then, you know, you have this, okay, well, maybe he can do it. But what people aren't saying, during that win streak, that defense was tough. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number two <laughs> pass defense in the That defense that was threat. tough right. during that win streak. It wasn't necessarily Kyle Allen, who was doing his job as a game manager. Mm-hmm. He was making, you know, throws and stuff. But defensively, they were the ones who were carrying that team. I The question is, what happened? What caused that extreme fall off from where – you know, they were playing so well during right. that stretch. And then... Which is what I was going to ask you. What do you think it was? I I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I just... I, I, <laughs> I don't know. I think I think that... I don't know whether that 3-4 defense was a right fit for them. I think that last year was so bad and there were so many questions about the defense last year because that's Rivera's strong suit yeah. and historic historically the Panthers have always had a strong defense when they went to the Super Bowl with Jake DeLome that, that defense was like what top two in the league yeah. top two in the league right I don't know if that that team I don't know if Luke gels well within that three four and I think that maybe as a team they were kind of grasping for straws trying to figure so, out something. I'm going to sound like a broken record for like the seventh straight week. I think y'all know what I'm going to say already. I didn't say it. That game against the Texans, Kawan Short gets hurt. Mm. Yeah. Effectively ends this season. That run defense That's goes the, to yeah. hell. Yeah. Especially in a 3-4. We did, we're down to – We didn't have the, we didn't quite have the personnel we for didn't. them to run yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And you notice, Luke Kuechly, his performance falls off after Kawan Short's yeah. injury. It, it, it ties together, man. <clears throat> when you play this 3-4 – if you don't have a strong inside presence on the D tackle, man, you're doomed, man. Plus, we, teams we were, saw it. The teams I think were game planning for Luke Keekly. Right, they, they weren't were, even paying attention to. Yeah, the D they were just they were le- telling the the guards just to go past the tackles to get to Luke Keekly. Yeah, because you get him out of the play, and then we, we see what happens. Let's go to that. Let's go to that 49ers scrimmage game against us where they practice against us. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan. Vegas weekend. That was Vegas weekend for me. Kyle Shanahan. <laughs> I gotta give him props, man. I I think that dude's a real deal because if you look at like just the the way he game planned around Luke Keekley, and we were basically food on every single run play. It seems mm-hmm. like, and they were averaging. I'm exaggerating. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not. There was like 20 yards of carry. No, that's that's ball. probably it. It's yeah. probably accurate, yeah. right? <laughs> <laughs> like that was the blueprint, man. And then I think other teams followed that, man. That's why we had so many struggles it's against the run. League. That was one of our losing streaks. So I think we won one more game after that. Yeah. Yeah, in Jacksonville. Jacksonville. That's yeah, because cool. they have something called Gardner Minshew, who everybody thought was going to be the savior too, and 
Yeah, him and Kyle yeah. Allen can chill yeah, and be together in the offseason. <laughs> Quick question for you guys. What was your outside of outside of the run of the three four, what was your biggest disappointment this year, player wise? I'm going Dante Jackson. Dante Jackson. Ah, yeah. You took the words right <laughs> in my mouth. My, my. You know, I like Dante. <laughs> I, like, I love you Dante like Jackson. Too. I like Dante. And, I've, and, and, and Trey Boston kind of put things in perspective for me when they were asking about Dante. They were like, Dante, you have to remember Dante's in his second year. Yeah. And in those skilled positions, especially that, it, it might take him a while to settle within themselves. Like, he's mm-hmm. always trying to make the big play. Yeah. So he had asked the reporter, he was like, when did Josh Norman really come on? Three, four Three, years. Four, Three, yeah. four no, no. years. Because he, you, it's funny you said <coughs> that. There's a, that Josh Norman, there was a lot of Dante Jackson and Josh Norman when yeah. he first got hey, I remember right. seeing Josh Norman in the preseason thinking, wow, this kid he might good, be man. good, but... Gotta, he did yeah. a lot of that Dante so Jackson when, stuff. So when Trey <coughs> said that, I was like, damn. The light bulb like, He's right. He's right. For me just like, get this, this is why I did not like um, uh, Fiewo's decision to bench, bench him for those last couple of games. And Dante, he he's usually very friendly. Like, he respects the hustle, and he always talks in the locker room. Like, that hurt him, right. and that pissed him off. And you develop a wedge, which is why I don't think Fuel has a chance of getting the job at all. But he's going to interview. Um, but if if the, if if the if the purpose is to develop your young talent, then give him opportunities Absolutely. in games that don't count to right. kind of settle yeah. himself. Right. And I understand, you know, people got mad at what he said, which I really didn't think was that bad. But it was true. It was facts that was, given that play situation, the call didn't work. Well, uh, tell us again what. What he said. Well, we're referencing the Atlanta game, right? The Atlanta game. Okay, basically, right. they'd asked him about uh, that play <coughs> with a guy. He ended up getting burnt, and he said, right. like, when the ball was snapped, the play call did not match what. It, it was what a play Atlanta where had. where we sent the house. Yeah, yeah and a, he was out there by himself. It was an engage eight blitz. It left him on an island with I don't even remember some some guy it, it, nobody it, it, ever. Guy. Yeah, some guy made and, his uh, first catch in the single NFL. coverage. Yeah. And and to be well or to be fair, Dante Jackson actually defended the pass well. It was just a, a better pass right. and a better catch. catch. He was in position to make it. So and he said he admitted that he needed to he needed to make that tackle, but. The narrative had already been had already been set by and the Charlotte media. Let's by, be clear. By the, and I'm gonna and I called them out on this because when he made that when he said that quote and I was there, mm-hmm. um, Scott Fowler because you know I don't have any problem with dropping names. <laughs> Scott Fowler <laughs> ran right up to the thing, transcribed it, and then painted the narrative like, "Oh, Dante's calling out coaches." So then he asked him again, mm-hmm. and Dante said again, he was like, "Look." You know, basically, this is he mapped out the play like mm-hmm. you did. He said, I was out there by myself. Um, he said it was just the bad. It was a bad play for what the offense that they were running. And he said, I should have made that tackle. No excuses. But mm-hmm. that was left out. That was left out. Mm-hmm. That was left right. out we, of what was said. And we so Scott Fowler out on that uh, that week, uh, too. We talked about it. And that's that's unfortunate because now. Irresponsible journalism like that leads to Dante Jackson feeling the way that he does, especially when he gets right. benched yeah. in, in a meaningless game. Yeah. Um, 
And it's and and I and like I said, I like I like him. I wouldn't say that he was a disappointment. I just say that I would say that this is more of a like learning curve. Learning curve for yeah. him. So, he still he that. still has a juice. I think. But I'm gonna throw. I, I I said Dante Jackson, but. I, and, there, and there's some nuance to this, trust me, man. But Luke Keekley was a bit of a I was just mm-hmm. about to bring that up. So, which is odd. He makes the Pro Bowl with his fifth, sixth Pro right, Bowl. Right. Makes all pro second team. Uh, I'm on my, it's Luke Keekley gets the perennial vote because he's Luke Keekley. Right. Yeah. Which is great. I can't which think he of, deserved. I, I Yeah, mean, I can't think of very many players in the history of Charlotte professional sports that mm-hmm. get that. You know, they're going to make the all, he's going to make the Pro Bowl every year yeah. until he retires because he's Luke Keekley. But did you really hear his name called that much? It's just not as much as we're used to. It it was a considerable drop off. But again, there's context behind this because of this three, four defense, because of uh, so many coaches game playing around him because of a lack of a a how much. And we talked about this in in previous uh, episodes. How much was he missing Thomas Davis? That's that's what other people then, Then there's that. Because I think if you go back and look at what that was last season, Thomas Davis missed the first four games. Yeah. Look at Luke's numbers those first four games. And then after those. And then when Thomas Davis comes back, there's a – I mean, you got to think, Luke Keekley came into the league playing on the (coughs) left side, Mm -hmm. a position that he wasn't used to because John Beeson was still here. And TD took him under his wing. John Beeson leaves. Keekley moves to the left – or moves back to the middle where he's a natural fit. Davis is on the right side. He's there with him every play. The the Panthers, if they run a nickel package, Davis is on the other side. If if Luke was on the field, TD's on the field. Mm-hmm. You got that for what seven years in a row seven now, years, and yeah. now it's gone. But see, and here and, and the you know to, to get into details about that, like Luke trusts Thomas Davis, so he's yeah. not trying to clean up the mess, so to speak on every mm-hmm. single play. You got this rookie who's more of a speed rusher than he is like pass coverage or right. or, or run defender or whatever. Luke trusted Davis. He did, I, Brian Barnes, we love him. Don't get me wrong, but that inexperience of that position, that also affects how, how Luke Keekley plays on the field as well. So Also, Chat Thomas had a great season, I thought. I thought he had a pretty good season, but... Um, Was he worth that extension? Yeah, I think I so. Think so. I think it's, so. It's just that the, the chemistry between him and Luke is not like it was with build. Luke and, and Thomas Davis. Right. But and some of that is on Luke, too, because agree, Luke yeah. Luke has to learn how to trust the guys around him yeah. more. No, and agree. like Thomas took him <coughs> under. And I don't know whether he's taking these guys under his wing like Thomas took him under. Mm-hmm. I really can't tell that from locker room interactions. But if you don't trust these guys, you have to teach them so that you develop that that type of rapport gotcha. where I can trust you on the field. Yeah. But I think you made a good point. Like, Luke did not have the season that we're used to having right. from him. And maybe it was a trust issue with the guys. Around yeah. Him. And I got one more name. Uh, Kurt Sammy. No. <laughs> that, that's the second. <laughs> the Gucci King. Gerald McCoy. <laughs> no, uh, no I, I'm gonna. I can't add him to that list. Oh uh, man, he had a good. He had. Yeah. It. I think he, a, after the first two or three games, he got settled in. Yeah. Plus, he was coming from a four-three defense. You know, it, it, this was new to him. New coach, new team. I mean, look at the what game was that where he got uh, the Green Bay game. Green Bay game, yeah. Look at how he played that game. He right. played, and and yeah. he honestly, the play he made at the end of the the uh, the first game, half, yeah. you know, to essentially keep them from scoring, kept us in that game. We ended up losing, but 
You, you know what? You, you know, there's a question that just popped up in my mind. I, I want to share this with y'all. I don't know why the hell we go out and we load up on all these D tackles and we play a 3-4. And then you, you don't even play the guys. Like, where the hell is Poe? Where the hell is... uh, uh injured uh, um Vernon Butler. You're not even really... If you don't have two of them on the field at the same time, then what is well, the real purpose I, I think of doing the, so? I think the intent was to play... KK at nose tackle, mm-hmm. McCoy on the left, uh, Poe on the right, and then you got Irvin Burns. I think that was that, dr- that was the dream scenario, right. and it would have worked well if yeah. Well, KK, <laughs> if you if you play Burns, yeah, and if you play Christian Miller because he was inactive like the last four weeks of the season. Well, you know, maybe our coaching staff just didn't account for injuries. You know, I think that's a problem the Panthers have always had yeah, is that true. sometimes you have to say, okay, this is our dream lineup. But what happens if KK Short gets injured or Bruce Irvin is, is gone? Or I love that first twenty-two, but after that, it was it was dicey. It was dicey all year. That, yeah, that, that's no, why I didn't, yeah. I didn't, that's why I didn't pick them to make the playoffs. I knew injuries was were going to happen. All right, so let's flip it. Some who was your surprise rather than a disappointment? Vashon. DJ kind of, but not. Okay, I, I feel you there. Yeah, explain. Um, I didn't expect him to have a thousand yards with the quarterback <coughs> situation. Yeah, mm, good. Yeah, good um, point. and the fact that Christian McCaffrey, is right, and the offense. fact that Christian McCaffrey was he literally what he was in over ninety percent of the snaps, and he was eighty percent of the offense. I think so. For DJ Moore to have a thousand yard season in the midst of that was a surprising thing for me. Although I knew that he had the skills and the talent to do so. Um, one, He's one. One A would be Bruce Irvin. Mm-hmm. I think good, oh, Bruce had, had, a, good had a good year. And you know what? Bruce is a G. Like, Bruce is probably one of the most the, the most gangster one in that locker room. <laughs> what, future man? He's one of the most gangster one in that locker room. And I love, like, he's like, um, Keep him he's like the Ron Artest. You know, you need mm, that one yeah. that might have you a You need school. that dog. You, he's yep. that dog. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Do you think he can play center? For the Hornets, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, yeah. Come on over. Ahead, I bye. think I think you need one that's just like one that may be on edge, one that just might just go stole, just stole somebody in the face, and you know it. And so you just you just he brings the crazy, and I think that you need that. And I he had more juice in his tank than I thought he did. So gotcha. yeah, I was that was gonna be my pick, yeah. Bruce Irvin. I was really surprised. And I thought not that he was washed, but you know, he's on the, the other yeah. side of his career, yeah. playing with Seattle. You know, he had some great, great years there. What was he really going to bring to us? And it was like, if somebody yeah, was in the backfield getting to the quarterback, it was it's like real. Bruce Irvin yeah. was right there. Yeah. I was mm-hmm. like, wow. No doubt. So. I, um, I actually thought Trey Boston had a pretty good year, man. He did. I, I, he, he was kind of my surprise. And and even uh, these, these last four or five games, we were really terrible, man. I thought he was the bright spot, at least in those games that we just looked bad. So, uh, my Trey Boston's my pick. Surprise. I'm in a negative mood. Uh, uh, <laughs> Nobody. <laughs> Matt Paris. Uh, he was he was bad, man. He was he was bad. Uh, you he, expected him to be I thought well, he would be serviceable. Uh, I thought he would be better than what he was. Like at least at least average. I didn't expect him to be great. But he was like, coming off injury. Just mismanagement of the team, missed opportunities. But organizational I, failure. And I don't know what else. I, I will say this: that did show that the Panthers knew before the season started the offensive line was a problem, and 
we get a guy like Paradis, he can come in. And I think they're looking for, um, you know, you could never replace uh, Matt Khalil. Uh, Khalil. Yeah. But I think they were looking for someone in the center that could at least <coughs> be a voice of leadership. Because the Panthers' offensive line has not been, like, very good since maybe Cam's been. I can't. You can't leave me if you can't yeah. block. But, but the, the, with Khalil there, the, I think, you know, they felt like he could kind of keep things together. Even they, they could, yeah, absolutely. It could mismatch the offensive line. And Trey was supposed to be that guy this year. Thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. What Trey, happened? Trey was Trey was supposed to be that guy. He was supposed to be. He was supposed to be the leader of that offensive line, and this was not a good year for yeah. Trey. Um, is there is there a particular reason you think that was the case? I don't know. Yeah. Like when I when I've talked to him, he just seemed he, he missed- just seemed regular. And when and I didn't see any. I didn't really see any like. I would I could visibly see some guys upset at right. the losses. He was very even keel. Like it was just like I don't know how emotionally invested he was this mm. season. And when that's the case, you have like I question like what's going on with guys outside of football. And it's funny you say that because the the you know the the narrative on Trey Turner ever since he got drafted was like he's the big mean nasty dude. Right. And he used to show it. Before this season, he was that. He was that road grader. Didn't he get paid? <laughs> Come on. Dang. I'm sorry. I, I, I don't get you Come I, on, man. Look, I don't Dang. I don't wanna look, I don't I don't wanna I don't know. I'm just saying I don't know what happened. I, I the point I'm trying to make was on the field, yeah. it kind of matches up to what you're saying. I just didn't see a lot of no fire. Yeah. No fire this season on the field from him, man. So just, just thought. Do we think it's a with the offensive line? I wonder is it is it a talent thing? Is it it's, a coaching it's, thing? It's, it's, is it's it a, talent, and it, we rotate it so much yeah. in and out. All no year. continuity. No, no, no. And I think that's understated. You have to have continuity. I think that's very understated. I think continuity continuity is a little more important than talent is. Honestly. Yeah. So, how do the Panthers fix it though? Because the Panthers are actually. So we picked seventh in the draft this year, mm-hmm. which actually, in my opinion, the NFL is one of the worst places to be, mainly because you cannot draft for need that low. You got, in my opinion, you got to take BPA. You if take if you got a top 10 pick in the NFL, you got to take best player available. But at the same time, we need offensive linemen. Yeah. Greg Little, what do you, what do you guys think about <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm concerned about the concussions, man. Like, it, that's, that's tough. That's, yeah. that's, it's, it was three this year, two or three. I, how many games? I, I think he might. I don't even know. He played, he played, played about four or five, maybe. Not many. for offensive linemen to have a history of head injuries. Just somebody scary. compared him yeah. to Ota. Y'all remember Ota? Oh man! So uh, that's not an accurate comparison. Ota Ota so. was really good when he was on the not, field though. Well, cuz I don't see Greg Little out in the club, so I don't know if that's really accurate. <laughs> Jamal, come on now. I'm sorry. You're so petty, Jamal. Come on. I just, I'm just saying, when I go out, I don't see Greg Little. You you're also older now. <laughs> good one. <laughs> All right, so let's let's talk draft really briefly before we take our commercial break. Because uh, we have actually, we still have a long way to go before we, we can really start talking about draft. But just on the surface here, season's over, seventh pick. Do the Panthers go? And this is assuming that Herney stays on in some capacity because 
I don't know what Vashti's hearing, but just from stuff I've seen on the Twitterverse and the internet, Herney might still be with the team in some capacity, <laughs> maybe not as the GM. <laughs> so, I'm, I, so I was in the meeting with David Tepper when he fired um, Rivera. Rivera. Oh, wow. And, oh, yeah, I was at the table. <laughs> It's a little, <laughs> like a little name drop. You know, I was in the meeting. Yeah, you know, I was there, y'all. I was there. <laughs> just, the game just, was here. Just, now the game is yeah, here. You, you better, you better know. So, I, from what I sensed, Herney may stay on in some capacity, but he's going to have somebody looking over his shoulder. Like, there's going to be an assistant GM or or Tep is going to bring somebody on, one of his guys on. Um, so, I don't know if he's going to get rid of him, but he well, did mention an assistant GM. Real quick, interesting thing that I read on ESPN this week of the 12 playoff teams in the NFL, six of them, their GMs were selected by the coach or the the coach themselves is the GM. That's very telling. Yeah. And the article specifically stated it, it talked about Carolina you know, would our new coach want to bring someone in? So I could see that the new coach saying, "Okay, I like Herney, but this guy, yeah, bring him in and he can help." So, if you're gonna clean house, clean house, clean house, clean yeah. house, like, and and, and I be consulted, yeah, with that first pick and then lock if, him in the closet. Okay, then I was gonna leave my next <laughs> first. Herney, Herney's draft record in the first round is. <laughs> Legendary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, think of all the, the future Hall of Famers that he's yeah. drafted yeah. in the in the time here. So, number seven pick, Herney stays on. BPA or need? BPA. Because you can always you can always just sign somebody for need. I I, I, I like always Matt, like Matt Paradis. Well, well, look. Really good players don't hit the free agency. I just, like I, I just don't think they don't. Yeah, That's but true. you just can't reach when you draft, man. That's, That's true. Dangerous. Ask the Hornets. You can't, you can't I don't reach. know if you guys remember how <laughs> angry the fan base was at the Luke Keekley pick. People were mad. People were mad at that. They pick. were mad at that pick. And now it's like if you say something about Luke Keekley, you might get shot. Yeah. So right. it's like. But I don't think people that. I mean, he played at Boston College. Like, who watches Boston That's College true. football? I did. I did. No. <laughs> Man, whatever. Most people don't. I know that white guy was making all that taxes. Like, he's good. I know. I know he had twenty two against Florida State. And I was like, somebody better watch out for this dude. But you only watched him when he was playing yeah, you yeah, guys at school. For the most part, nobody was like, okay, Boston College playing football today. I'm gonna go ahead and tune in. Right. So that's why nobody knew who Luke. I was like, when they said Luke King, I was like. Who? <laughs> Who is that? But a lot He's not of, somebody I watch on Saturdays. A, a lot of Panthers first round picks have been a pop. Christian McCaffrey wasn't the most popular. He wasn't pick. popular was either. Yeah, I, I, I don't think Jamal liked that pick. <laughs> I, no, yeah, there, there was somebody I remember Jamal saying. <laughs> Jamal I, like I don't yeah. think Jamal liked that pick. <laughs> oh. If I, if I, am I correct? Oh, man. Well, no, who's not going to be the GM? <laughs> All right. You know, stuff on your table right, right. here, buddy. Super early, 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 too early. To call draft predictions, number seven pick, Vashti. I don't. I, I don't. I can't even. I. I don't have no idea. Nah. I have no idea. Derek Brown, Isaiah Simmons. I'm gonna throw you a curveball. Justin Herbert, Oregon. Oh wow! I watched that kid. I, I didn't say I wanted him. Let's be clear. Not impressed. Let's be clear. Think, I didn't say I want him. Think Kearney and Tepper pulled trigger on something like that. It wouldn't shock me. It depends on what the culture wants. It wouldn't shock me. 
right. I heard the new coach wants Cam. Then you know who the new coach is. Well, no, no, wait, 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 wait. I heard that that is a huge. Yes, what meeting were you in? I heard yeah. that. I heard that that is a huge factor in. In the process. In the process. So I, let's talk about that real, real quick. Why wouldn't you want Cam if you're the new coach? You just really just gonna take a guy like Cam Newton and be like, eh, you know what? He's he's been hurt the last few nobody seasons. Nobody want nobody wants to go through a real rebuilding no, process. Absolutely. No. Yeah. I, At all. And, 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 I, and I've said I've said before, man, I don't think rebuild is in temper. I don't think I don't think the team is bad enough to rebuild. That, we, then there's that. We named some we named strong defensive pieces that the that the Panthers have. They go back to a four three. You got KK who comes back. Maybe they they do some other things. No, y'all don't agree. You got you got Christian McCaffrey and an ascending DJ Moore. I don't think you right. rebuild. Right, I don't think you rebuild. Right yeah, but that offensive line needs a whole that lot needs a rebuild. I think and, you and keep Trey. And you, you, I mean, I don't know. No, about, you, you said it. Keep Trey and just, is, do you really want to keep Trey? Does he want to be? Kept? I, he has it. He's got enough talent. I he think. is, and he's yeah. young yeah. enough. And he's young yeah. enough. That's yeah. true. Yeah. All right. Well, you know what shot me if the light stayed on because we don't make any money on this podcast <laughs> except from our sponsor Anchor.fm. We'll be right back. And we're back. We're doing our Carolina Panthers season wrap up with Jamal Rodney Vashtai from Carolina Blitz. Here, we've been talking about uh, whether or not the Panthers need to rebuild. Uh, you know, missed opportunities, all kinds of stuff. But speaking of missed opportunities, we're going to talk about upcoming coaching opportunity. There's vacancy for the Carolina Panthers. Ron Rivera was uh, fired. What week was that? Week uh, nine. Against the Redskins, after the Redskins. Against West Mech. Okay. Jeez. The, the irony being that Ron Rivera has been named as the new head coach for the Washington Redskins. Ain't that, I, uh, great. Wow. That's actually a good fit for him. I could, I, I could see. He has control. That's what I like about that. Well, he has control. The, the, problem, the problem with the Redskins is that there's never been any modem of control there the last few seasons. So they, they bring That's in. Understatement. They want to bring in someone like Rivera who is going to put his stamp. Hot so button. so so when, when your owner comes in the press conference, <laughs> thank you. It says Happy Thanksgiving, y'all. You really think you got control? I'm, <laughs> I, I personally think Ron Rivera is too classy to to work for that guy, but. I was shocked at that. Yeah, I was. I, I was really shocked. I was, I was yeah. shocked I was at that. Uh, I, I, you know. I think that that's that's. Ron was not happy that he got fired from the Panthers. I could tell during Especially, his especially right yeah. mid season, like when he said he came out basically with a bang, bang, shooting shot, <laughs> like yo, this is what I did back to back to back <laughs> NFC. You know, it was bam bam, and so like, <laughs> I think that. Whatever that first job, he was gonna jump. He was gonna say, "I was the first one. I was gonna get this job." And I think he likes a project. I'm yeah. shocked that he went to that organization because yes. for uh, yeah. so long it has been Ooh. right. It's so long it has been a laughing stock. Like the like the Ravens own Washington DC. Well, That's I think pretty bad. But I think you know, I mean, Dwayne Haskins is maybe maybe someone that he can help develop. He's got uh, he, look, man. He's got his work cut out for him. Sure. No, yeah. He's about to draft change. They're going to draft change. Hey, but, I mean, the Panthers were terrible when he came here. 
That's true. They were terrible. He took, but they also but they had, had Cam Newton. Well, that, that they is, came in together. Who saved his is, ass so many times made is, him look good. That is true, but and, it and they does, also didn't have an awful owner. But but and that well, who, we uh, found uh, out. Richardson is not Daniel Snyder. I'm sorry. That's man. true. So I, so so Jeans Friday. So 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 Jeans Friday. Is it is it? Look, man, Jerry Richardson is not Daniel Snyder, dog. I'm sorry, man. No, fair enough. Fair enough. But as far as as far as we're concerned, so the, there's a lot of names in the coaching carousel that have been tied to the Panthers. Mike McCarthy uh, being one. We've already interviewed him twice, apparently. Yeah. Although it is looking like he may take the job at Cleveland, which Dallas. It, He's yeah, I don't know why anyone would take the Cleveland job. But yeah. uh, Josh McDaniels is another name tied to us. Yeah. Uh, just uh, there's. <clears throat> Very probably the most attractive coaching position in the NFL right now is the Carolina Panthers. So, is it? I, I, I don't so. know. I don't know. Think, of, well, think about the other. So besides Dallas. Okay, I was going to say. And, 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 and who, if, if, even if you look at the Jamal, Giants, we know you abhor the Cowboys. Look, look, but, you don't work for Jerry Jones. <laughs> Plenty of people do. Really? Yeah. Well, Great I, exposure. I, I, look at their team, though. I don't think at any, least it's look not at the be, line, man. I don't think anyone wants to work for Jerry Jones as much as they would want to coach the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, and to be fair. And have Jerry Jones meddle in every little thing you do. But, I, you know, I think players, coaches, they feel like. They can overcome that. That's how Ron Rivera yeah. feels with Dan Snyder. He probably feels like you know what. And then, and then the, the the New York Giants job isn't that isn't that bad to me. Largest media market, a stable franchise, and then get. I mean, you got Daniel Jones, who's not a bad young quarterback, right. and Barkley. Well, Saquon. So yeah, I don't I don't know if um, probably third. Well, I think, I, third, think yeah. I think the coaches also look at who do I get to coach. Yeah. And that's a big that's thing. It. If you look if you look at the Carolina Panthers, you get to coach yeah, Luke Keekley. Yeah. Luke Keekley, Cam Newton, Christian McCaffrey, twenty four year old Daniel Jones. DJ DJ Moore. You have the Panthers, I think, are, it, it will be easier to win more quickly with the Panthers yeah. than it will be yeah. to go to like the Giants or someone. I agree. Dallas, maybe. They have a lot of good talent at, at Dallas, but the problem with the NFC East is all of those teams, even when they're all bad like they were this season, there's not a big gap that, that mm-hmm. separates them. And, I, and I, I think Philly is definitively better than Dallas. I agree. When I mean, healthy. they proved it this when year. Healthy. So. Yeah, injury. I mean, just, just, just like the Saints are definitively better than us. We're probably the third best team in, the, in, the, in, our, in our division. Uh, I think talent-wise, maybe number two. Drew Brees is... And Michael Thomas, actually, let me take them out of the equation. Sean Payton is the great equalizer yeah. in the NFC South. So I don't, I, sometimes looking at the Saints, I'm not even sure if it's a talent thing. <laughs> uh, is it? I mean, look at Teddy Bridgewater came in for Drew Brees, a guy no, no, who's no. going to make the uh, first battle Hall of Fame. And they, East, no, I'm, I'm making this face because I actually agree with you. I just don't like giving Sean Payton any. No, yeah, I mean, credit, yeah. man. I, I know. Like, it, like, it hurts me. Like, I don't like the guy, man. I, yeah. That, Look, ask. Saints fans, Bounty Gate happened, right? Y'all trying to pretend like it didn't happen. Like, right, happened. Like, like, okay? I, I don't forget nothing. I'm like, oh, yeah. I don't forget anything, man. So, but no, I, I agree with you, man. I All agree. right, so who would be your pick? Vashti, if if you if David Tepper said Vashti, since you're in all these meetings with me, no, I'm, y'all chill. <laughs> I'm just really? hired you as a consultant. Congratulations. Who who would Vashti pick? I like Eric Bieni. Why? Because what Tepper said is that he wants 
old school and new school. He mm-hmm. pays very. He wants. He pays attention to analytics mm-hmm. and and trends, and he wants a coach who is innovative. Mm-hmm. I kind of see that with him, and I'd love to see a brother as a coach here in Carolina. We got one now. Oh no, not for long. <laughs> Gastonia represents. Gastonia in the house. Gastonia in the house. What about you, Jamal? My uh, my pick is not one of the candidates. Who? I, I want Jim Harbaugh. I'm sorry. Ah, I, do I, you I, really? I, I really want Jim Harbaugh. I I think for the type of coach he is, and for the for the personnel <coughs> the Panthers have, specifically on defense. I think that is a marriage made in heaven. Do you think that he mm. could have? Because sustained excellence is the key. That, that, that's what it is. Sustained <laughs> excellence is the key. Do that, you think he could put together sustained it's, it's funny, excellence? Listen, it's funny you mention that because on this show a couple of weeks ago, I said he was the Larry Brown of the NFL. What meaning he comes in and he immediately fixes, changed, the, fixes the situation, but in two three years, nonetheless. He's Play, out. Yep. Players get sick of him, basically. Mm-hmm. But, but, but look at what he, he did with that. the 49ers. The 49ers were in disarray. Mike Singletary didn't work out. He took a bad team yeah. and made them Super Bowl contenders for like four seasons in a row. And they were in way worse shape than the Panthers. Yeah. Were, so, I mean, imagine what he does with Cam Newton. Luke Keekley. Luke, I'm just saying. That's, I like that pick. The, and, but and look, he's, not one, he's not an option. I know. Okay, so I'll play. I'll play. Thank if you. We're looking at play the game options. I'll play the game. We're Thank looking, you. If we're, if we're looking at the options, I'll probably go Mike McCarthy. Honestly, he's the one. He's 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 one one A. And and, and and not for anything else. You know what he did with Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is great. Don't get me wrong, but just what he did with Aaron Rodgers, and he's proven. He's won. He and he's and he's won consistently. Mm-hmm. That's what the Panthers need. We don't need this back to back losing seasons. We we don't. We don't want that. David Tepper is on this on this thing where it's like, no, I want to win consistently. I want some. I want to build a program. Mike McCarthy's done that, so I go with him. For me, I'm going Matt Rowe. Uh, he's my he's my number two. I I like the fact that he turned over the program at Baylor. That if you think about it, Art Browse had that program in the in the bond. It was a mess. It was. He, he took over. They were one oh, of the, like one and eleven. On and off the field. On and off the field. <laughs> the rape allegations and everything, sexual assault and everything. He took that program in two years. They're playing in the, the, the Sugar Bowl. Yeah. The Sugar Bowl and got that butt behind clicked by Georgia. But he's turned that program around. <laughs> I think it, they all checked out, though. They, yeah, they did. <laughs> the bowl. The bowls doesn't matter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And then also with what he did with Temple as well. He yeah. took that program, got them to 10 wins back-to-back seasons. And it also he has NFL experience with the New York Giants as a position coach. It's different though. Like those college, well, those young. Co- young, those though. college coaches. Historically, being a college head coach is mm-hmm. so different than coaching grown gotcha. men who I make mean, more money than yeah. you, and they have not. It has not translated well. Except for well, Carol and Harbaugh are the, only, the two that come yeah. to mind. Yeah, and Carol had to have two shots at it. And Carol, yeah. I don't like him because. No, he the way he bailed on that USC thing, oh, I yeah, yeah, never yeah, respect yeah, no, 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 him no, no. for that. He, he no. threw them under the bus. Yeah, I don't he like did. that. He did. I'm I'm gonna throw a name out here. I, <coughs> I didn't mean to cut no, you no, off, you but I just think his name needs to be mentioned. Greg Roman. I was gonna that was gonna yeah. be my pick. Yeah, Greg Roman's got a history with the Panthers. Look at what he's doing with Baltimore. Don't they mm-hmm. don't they feel like the 2015 Panthers? Uh, they really they do a lot yeah, like they really the 2015 Panthers. I could see him coming here and bringing what he's doing with Baltimore to here. I think that would be 
Plus, I mean, he used to coach. He used to be an yeah. assistant coach for the Panthers. I, I understand the organization is a lot different than when he was here 20 years ago. Wasn't he the assistant ago. coach under uh, Harbaugh in San Francisco, too? I believe so. I yeah. believe so. Do, do we have an interview scheduled with him? I don't, I don't think, think so. so. I, hope, I hope that comes about soon. Next time we're in the room with, with Dave. With temper. Just Listen, like, hey. y'all not going to come on <laughs> now. Hey, like, I mention one thing. Like, now, I'm in, now I got a seat at the table. Dave, Dave you need Greg's number. <laughs> Uh, also, besides Mike McCarthy, Josh McDaniels, I yeah, I, I, would, I don't. Oh, well, here's the thing. Hear me, hear me out here, okay? I know how we all feel about the Patriots, but the Patriot way is proven. Yeah, yeah. If you look at the last 20 years, the most dominant team in all professional sports has been the New England Patriots. You trying to tell me you wouldn't take a chance to get a guy from that? From that tree. From that tree. I don't like that tree. But the tree is rotten. But it produces fruit. No, rotten fruit. Rotten fruit. I don't. I can't. Strange fruit. Are we willing to sell our soul for no. Super Bowl? What it comes down. Yes. So, so you want to cheat? You want to cheat? Do I want to no. win a Super Bowl? New yes. Orleans did. They got a Super not Bowl. Not by list. any means necessary. By I, any means so, necessary. Yeah, I, I, so, y'all question. So on Thursday we were supposed to interview Kevin Stefanski. Do you guys know anything about him or have any feelings about him? No. Mm-hmm. No. He's, no. No. Minnesota, no, no. no. Offensive coordinator for the Vikings, right? If if you can make Kirk Cousins look this decent, decent, but well, you yeah, deserve an interview. Well, I, I think Kirk Cousins look decent is because the Vikings defense is actually really good, and he, he doesn't have to do Much. a whole lot. They have a good offensive line too. Yeah, gotcha. Yeah. I think it'll be one of the major candidates. Tepper wants to make a splash. He wants to make his stamp. He's going to go very, very hard after McCarthy yeah, or I think so. uh, McDaniels. I think he's going to go hard at those guys. But I think Greg Roman, would that just feels good. I agree, man. I, I, I'm, I'm a little disappointed we haven't set anything up with him yet, man. Well, I, well, they can't talk to him well, because well, yeah, they, they, can they, can ask, they ask for permission to speak to okay. McDaniels. Okay. okay. They actually interviewed McDaniels this Friday. Yeah, on the tenth, right? Well, uh, the Giants have moved there. You know, since the Patriots lost last night, um, <laughs> the Giants have requested to interview him to move their interview up to tomorrow. So yesterday was a great day for sports. It was a pretty yeah. It was, it was a great day. Yeah, we'll talk about that in a bit. Deshaun Watson, Clemson, DeAndre Hopkins, Clemson. Anyway, you know, I felt I felt bad for Sean McDermott. Um, you know, he's a former Panthers coach. Our defense has never been as good as it was. Since I he agree. was here, That's I, true. I feel like he's done a great job taking a bad Buffalo team and making them competitive. Brandon Bean too. Yeah, but <laughs> I, I just felt bad for Maduro. I wanted him to get that. that I want to ask Vash side question. After the after we lost to Westmeck, did you did was did you think it it was over? Did you think this is the day Rivera gets fired? I thought. I was shocked that it happened that day, mm-hmm. but I was expecting it to come. Gotcha. I I, I saw it coming on. I, I think yeah. all thought it was. I was. I didn't think it was going to happen on a Tuesday. When I say I didn't expect it, it to happen that me. day, I didn't expect it to happen on an off day because that throws everything in disarray. I thought that if he was going to be fired, it would be, have been on Monday. Gotcha. Yeah. Right. Which is typically Where, one coach. Right. Yeah. When he could talk to the players and da 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 all that laid out or whatever, but. Tuesday the day. So when he didn't get fired on Monday, I was like, okay, they might, maybe they're just going to keep him around for the rest of the season. Um, but I was expecting it the week prior. So was it, was it 
Who they play before Washington? They played. Uh, let me pull it up. They played the Saints. That was the Saints game. Oh, yeah. Because I remember us saying that if he won that game, regardless of how the rest the of the season mm-hmm. went, he might would have stayed. That would have been that would have been a huge win huge against win. the Saints in you know in and the, it would have kept them in um, playoff, playoff right. contention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They would have had something to play for. And guys said. After that Saints game, they didn't they, have they anything. Were they were deflated. They didn't have anything to play for. So, how, how was the locker room that that Wednesday after mm-hmm. he got fired? Yeah. Um, I think like most guys, they were in shock. They didn't even they heard via social media, um, stuff like that because it was their off day. Yeah. So guys were napping. Most guys said they were taking a nap. Mm-hmm. I know I was in my yard cleaning up, trying to do something with the leaves, and it just took everybody. You know, it was everybody was shocked. I don't know if the guys expected it to happen midseason. Gotcha. Um, I think that they were kind of trying to rally. Like I know Luke and Christian specifically said that they were trying to rally to play mm-hmm. to win games to keep him around. Didn't look um, like it. Well, Luke always gonna give one hundred percent. Everybody else, Christian yeah. gave one hundred percent. Yeah, that's true. So, so do you think the firing was justified this year? It was time. Nine years. We were right there. We were right there. It was time. I, I, you well, know. the same thing when we let John Fox go. I, John Fox years. was not by any means a bad coach. Yeah. It was just, it was just time. time. And then we saw what happened. I, in fact, same thing's going to happen with Ron. We saw John Fox leave, go, have success with another team immediately. Yep. Um, did, didn't quite happen. win the Super Bowl, but I could see, especially if Ron Rivera goes to the NFC East, which traditionally. They record wise, they are a weaker division than the South. Mm-hmm. But when they get in the playoffs, those teams typically do well. Do well. So. <coughs> but we are talking about the Redskins, and he has <laughs> he has his work cut out for him, buddy. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a project. It's a reclamation so, project. I swear it is. Boy, does uh, the new Panthers coach does he have his work cut out for him? I think he does. Especially, how does he win the locker room? Vash, I know Vashti knows how it is in the locker room, but I felt like. The biggest thing the Panthers lost with Rivera, not from it wasn't from an X's and O standpoint. Right. When you when he got let go, the outpouring of players, former players, uh-huh. like getting on Twitter, like Josh Norman, like you know, like he couldn't believe he he hasn't been with us for two years. Right. He's here in spirit. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, he never yeah. He never, yeah. Never <laughs> he never wanted to leave. He should have never left. Nah. Well, well it's a different discussion. Yeah, hey, it's get a, him in. So, but how does the new coach? Does the new coach have to do that? Does the new coach have to win the locker room? I, I don't think so, because I honestly think they're going to clean clean house a little bit, and you're going to have a whole fresh set of new players, new expectations. I don't know. I, I think they will. clean house where though. Like, I don't think McCoy's gonna be back. I don't. I, I think they. I may, agree with you. I think they may cut Poe. They should cut Poe. And I, I, I think they have new faces on that defensive line and new leadership. I don't think Greg's coming back either. I don't think Greg's coming back, but I think your leaders offensively and defensively right now are Luke Keekley and Christian McCaffrey or Cam Newton if Cam Newton comes back. Those are the guys who you're gonna have to get to rally behind. Those you. are your team captains. Those yep. that those are it. Get like through. Greg is gone, more than likely. I don't know. I I don't know if they bring Gerald back or not. But Gerald has only been there one year, so yeah. it within that one year he gained a lot of trust and love in that mm-hmm. locker room and people. Mm-hmm. But it's not like 
a Luke Keekley. Yeah, you know, right, it's right. not like this guy has put in time with this organization. But whomever that new coach is, is going to have to get Luke and Cam mm-hmm. and or Christian on his side. And then if he, if the he comes, the dominoes will fall. Yeah. Exactly. I can, I can dig that. Um, I mean, I feel the same way. I don't, I don't really have anything different to really add, add to that. Um, but at the same time, I kind of have the – I kind of have the feeling that we're going to see a different personnel. I kind of agree with you on on that point. You y'all really think it's I, clean yeah, house time? Yeah. I I don't know if it's clean house time. I think it's let's get rid of the bad apples time. I think. But who are the bad well, apples? I don't want to say no names, Vernon Butler, and uh. <clears throat> and, well, Vernon's gone. He messed that up for himself. And just he's a free agent anyway. Right? Yeah. You could tell me better than than this, okay? I just kind of get this feeling there are some disenfranchised players for the Panthers who are not happy and who might not be here next season. Maybe you could tell us more. Am I? Am I, I, I just I feel like Tepper thinks there's enough talent on the team to yeah. where a new coach can just come in and fix it. So I don't see a lot of turnover. I don't see a huge. I mean, you're always going to have, I mean, NFL 53 players, uh, you know, plus practice squad guys. There's always going to be a lot of turnover, but I think at our core, our core core players are going to stay. The the difference is that Greg Olson might retire. He's going to be gone. uh, So, and I I, I think Gerald McCoy is cheap enough, and I think he's good enough. I think him and KK, they go back to a 3-4. Four, I mean, a 4-3. Please. Like, yeah, I think, I think you got to give them a season together. You mentioned that Green Bay. Gerald has at least, he got one, one two, two good seasons in the mm-hmm. tank. KK, and like, I think defensively, that defensively, I think that they have pieces there where they could be a really good defense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, the X factor is Cam Newton. That yeah. That's it X right there. X factor on that defense, too. Are you going to pay Bradbury? Pay him what? The money. You don't. Well, well. <laughs> so, well so no, you, no. So okay, start let me. Dante? <laughs> no wait, no, 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 no. I like, I, I like Bradbury. Mm-hmm. He's a hard worker. He and he know, wants to get paid like an elite corner. That's 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 the, the tricky part. I mean, right? that's well, the tricky but, but, part. So, but here's, look at his that's the tricky NFC part. South. That's I mean, the tricky part. I think you got you got to pay him because every week. He's going against the best wideouts in he the league. He did not look good towards uh, well, the end of the season. Well, but I think, well, he probably but, checked out like everybody else Yeah, did. I, I think that was just a byproduct of the defense as a whole, especially the run. So so here's the thing. When your run defense is bad, it, it affects your secondary yeah. because the secondary is now thinking, do I need to push up into yeah. the box mm-hmm. or do I need – and teams just – they took they advantage. T- they they, they, they abused us the with that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, like, y'all don't know what we're going to do next. Right. So I think – I think you take a gamble on paying Bradbury. You got a guy. Especially if you go back to a 4-3 defense. Yes. Especially if you do that. For six games, he's got to to go up against Michael Thomas, Julio Julio Jones, and Mike Evans. That's. And Godwin, too. Godwin's top five. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Dante Jackson. Yeah. And Godwin went nuts. So So that makes. All righty then. All right. And fans, by the way, Eric Reed is not a cover safety. Stop talking about how he is in pass covers. We didn't get him for that. He's a box safety. He comes out in the box and he blows guys up. That's why he led the league in tackle or second on the team in tackles. Excuse me. 
Eric Reed, when he made the the Pro Bowl, did not make it for his coverage numbers. He's not cover safety. Right. That's but, Trey Boston's job. But, but people keep confusing that for some reason. Yeah. yeah well, well, you know, because it's Eric Reed. Yeah, well. Because yeah. it's Eric Reed. So. Yeah. America. America. So. Uh, <laughs> some of these hornets. Yeah. So, yeah. We're going to take a real quick break. We're going to come back and talk about, uh, talk about the, the, the only Charlotte team undefeated this decade. We'll be right back. <laughs> So if you go to uh, NBA.com, and maybe it's, I think it's NBA.com, look at the standings page. There is a section that says tank watch. Yeah. It oh, shows. Really? Yeah. All the, all the, it I like, how I feel about it's that, like man. a reverse. Um, like a reverse standings? standings. Yeah. But you know who's not on the list? The Hornets. The Hornets the Charlotte are not, Hornets. We are not on the tank list. not on the tank list. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I should be happy. We got our 15th win of the season uh, last night with a uh, 123-120 win, overtime win over the Dallas Mavericks, uh, a game in which we had like an 8% chance of winning, 8.5% chance of winning. And Terry Rogier had 29 points, uh, six rebounds, (laughs) eight assists. Devontae Graham had 27 points. Thirteen assists, I yeah. believe. So, yeah. Um, yeah, and that's our second one in the row. We beat uh, Cleveland a few nights before, so we are undefeated for the. I got a fact decade. for you guys. What's the fact? Hit me, what you got. Terry Rozier isn't worth his contract. <laughs> <laughs> so, Fast Talk's looking like what are they talking about? So, at the beginning of the season, well, before the season even started, and Kimball Walker went to greener, literally greener pastures. Uh, the Hornets actually. Uh, enacted a sign and trade to get Terry Rozier mm-hmm. from Boston to come here, and that deal pays him about nineteen million dollars a year. So the fans went crazy. Actually, decreases. Yeah, yeah, decreases for the. But the fans went crazy, right? That he wasn't worth. Uh, I think the total contract is what fifty-seven million, 50, something like that. 57, Fifty-one, I believe. Something. Um, people are going crazy. So then, what happens is as the season starts, and everyone's off to a rocky start, but except for Dante Graham. So Dante mm-hmm. or Devontae Graham. Yeah. Devontae Graham comes off the bench, starts lighting it up. What ends up happening is Dwayne Bacon uh, ends up being Out injured and his, his play falls off. So that puts Devontae Graham into the starting lineup. <coughs> so now you have a backcourt of Rogier and Graham. And Graham kind of becomes the de facto point guard mm-hmm. offensive centerpiece. So where does that leave Rogier? Well, he just moves over to the shooting guard position. Where he looks really good. Where he looks now. really good. But but the sentiment with Hornets fans is that, well, he's not our point guard, so he doesn't deserve to get paid like a starting point guard, which is what his salary puts him at. Um, are we are we done having this conversation? We should be. It, it should be dead. It should be put to in the ground. It's over. The conversation is over. Shout out to Bleacher Report who said that Terry Rozier signed the worst offseason contract ahead of guys like Dwayne Dedman, who's not even playing, <laughs> Tyus Jones, and, and whoever, whatever other bums they had on the list are not even playing now. It's dead. Let me Listen, man. Ooh, ooh, Get ooh. Get him, Jamal. Go ahead. Ooh. <laughs> so, you got these people who want to post these per 36 numbers and 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 what what's the other one the box beat, plus the box minus plus minus and, and all these analytics. By the way, real quick, real quick before you continue. Last night, despite Rozier's incredible stat line, which he shot 53% and 
43% from three. He had a negative box plus minus. Negative seven. But you know who those numbers are for? Those numbers are for people who don't watch basketball. Hey, you know how to uh, positive That's plus true. minus? Who was that? Dwayne Bacon. Ooh. <laughs> who went three for 13. By the way. Right, yeah. 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 <laughs> Let's talk about last night's game. I, last night's game will kind of – it is a microcosm for his value. And I'm going to go – I'm going to tell you why. Mm-hmm. Luka Doncic's all-world – we don't even have to go into discussion about how good Jesus. this dude is, right? Okay, but let me tell you something that 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 happened. Let me tell you something about the genius of James Borrego and what he does. Sometimes, sometimes Borrego throws crap at the wall. Sometimes it doesn't stick. <laughs> sometimes it does. Borrego threw some crap at the wall in, in in the fourth quarter in the overtime. Let me tell you what he did. So the Mavericks were coming down the court, and they were involving Luka Doncic in every single pick and roll mm-hmm. situation, and it was either involving Devontae Graham or Terry Rozier. So what James Berg would do, he's like, all right, cuz, you know what? I saw that Rozier defended Luka Doncic pretty well mm-hmm. on the last couple of possessions. So what um, So what Berg would do, he's like, all right, I'm going to make a switch. I'm going to put Terry Rozier on Luka Doncic, and we're going to see how it works out. You're not going to ever stop somebody like no. Luka Doncic. Let, let's be perfectly clear about that. <clears throat> but what Terry Rozier did, aside, aside from scoring critical points in overtime, he really contained a talent like Luka Doncic in, the, in overtime. And that's ultimately what led to the Hornets winning the game. So the point I'm getting at is that he's worth every penny because he has the kind of guts. He has the kind of competitive nature. He has everything that Michael Jordan, yes, Michael Jordan wanted in Terry Rozier. And and games like that is why it paid off. The conversation is dead. Stop it. What he's about, worth every penny. What about, let me play devil's advocate here. Y'all know how, about, how I feel about Terry Rozier. I'm, I'm happy with the signing. But... Is the idea that the Hornets cannot sustain a small backcourt valid? Because I kind of think that that it kind of is when you got two guys who are under 6'3 playing your backcourt. What's going to happen when Bradley Bill comes to town? Well, here's the next year. Or DeMar DeRozan. No, no. It's definitely valid. But there's a but. Now, look, man. This is not going to happen every game. Let's be clear about that. You look at what Rozier did against Luka Doncic, man. It's just like oh, that's true. Isn't yeah, that yeah. really a yeah. big of a deal? But it, it, it is valid, and, and I even complained about that a little when we were when there was like these little murmurs of Chris Paul, how ridiculous that was coming to Charlotte. And I, and I even mentioned you don't want to start, you know, two point guards essentially. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to tell you why this is even a good problem. You got two good assets. No, there's no rules saying you got to keep both of them, man. You got you got two good assets, and if you and if you really and if it gets down to the offseason and you got to make a decision, trade them. You you got you got a good problem to have. So Absolutely. I don't see it as, and, and and not to mention it's not we're we're not it's not like we're competing for a top four seed in the East or anything like that, man. So it's it's just not a big of a deal. It's just not. I I see that as a good problem. So a local publication recently posted an article. That's <laughs> that suggested <coughs> that maybe it's time for the Hornets to start Malik Monk over Terry Rozier. <laughs> what a joke. Malik Monk is 6'3. Terry so, Rozier is 6'3. So, so the idea behind the article was that Terry Rozier coming off the bench and bringing his offensive production with him off the bench would actually help the Hornets by giving them an offensive spark off the bench and 
seeing starter minutes would help Malik Monk uh, realize his potential better than the way he gets his minutes right now, which admittedly is inconsistent. Although Malik Monk is fifth on the team in total minutes, but his minutes are inconsistent because I believe he's a situational player. A lot yeah. of people disagree with me on that, but I, I agree. But, but he is. Why? Yeah. How do I know this? Because he only comes in in certain situations. Um, so my thing is, do you really want to sacrifice Rozier's 18 points a game for an unknown? Uh, maybe for what? Uh, for what? And uh, Rodney, what you got? This reminds me of like the Lynn only fans. Back in 2014, uh, 2015. Mm-hmm, yeah. <laughs> um, I, Monk has a worse three-point percentage than Michael Kidd Gilchrist. <laughs> <laughs> he does not stretch no, the floor. No, I can outshoot Michael Kidd. No, I'm just kidding. I, I can't he cannot Michael stretch Michael. the floor at this point. I, I, I like the way he has been playing, adjusting his game, gaining the muscle, taking it to the hoop. Looks real good going he to the basket. looks real, real good. He still makes terrible passes. Still does incredibly dumb things he, he's he's like a microwave let him thrive in that role let him learn that role he's like a mini Lou Williams yes let Terry Rozier and De- Devontae Graham keep building that chemistry because both of them can actually play defense let let them build that chemistry it, it's working thus far I, I someone said I don't remember who it was it might have been James Borrego that said defense is mostly effort if if the guys are giving the effort out there hell one we forget about Muggsy Bogues is kind of novelty yeah. to the NBA. Right. But listen to other players talk about how much they hated, hated playing against, playing against him yeah. because his defensive effort. Yeah, just yeah. even yeah. though he's a small <clears throat> player in history. So, I mean, we saw Ro- the effort Rozier gave against guys like Luca. I'd rather get that than the effort you get from Malik a guy Malik. like Malik Monk, who, who has improved defensively this year, to be he fair. He has. But he is better than he, than he has. Yes, been. absolutely. But I don't think you get that, that same kind of no. effort from him when he's out there. I'm glad you brought that up. There's two points I want to make. Number one, I want to talk about this team defensively. I'm a fan. I'm not connected with the Hornets, obviously. But it is beyond, and I do mean beyond, frustrating how terrible we can be defensively sometimes as a whole. Absolutely. It yeah. is it is mind-numbing how bad we are. The effort is not consistent. And I know how much I'm frustrated with it. I cannot imagine how much JB is frustrated. Because the one thing I say all the time, man, like, especially in the situation we're in, Losing to teams that you're supposed to lose to is one thing. You can't get mad at that too much, considering where we are. But when you lose the same way over and over and over again, man, like talent <laughs> doesn't figure into that sometimes. You get what I'm saying? Like we can, we can look at last night's game, even though we won. As soon as we recommitted to playing defense, Locked we saw the results. And it's just it, it boggles my mind. Why JB can't get them to do this consistently? I just Coach, Coach Clifford couldn't get them motivated. I, nobody, no, no, no. I'm, and I, I don't, I don't want to sound like I was trying to blame JB for that because and, you're right. Clifford had the same issues, but I just don't because get it, man. playing defense is the hardest thing to do in today's NBA, where especially with young guys, and especially with the way the game is structured. It's just some. There's some like you can't do anything with Luka Doncic. You just you can't you can't, can't stop him. him. You can't yeah. You certainly can't. James Harden. You can't breathe on that guy without getting a foul call. <laughs> yeah. So I think a lot of players feel like. And plus, it's not 
as immediately rewarding to play defense. Yeah, right. Uh, you know, or at least to put the effort into it. Imagine how many times we've we seen a guy actually play real good defense on the Hornets and then some dude like 13th man off the bench hits like a turnaround fadeaway <laughs> in their face. It's Batons. that's the, yeah, it's it's deflating. It's Aaron like it's, yeah, it's like why do I even bother? So I think it's but the the second thing I wanted to touch on is that as as far as the Malik Monk article this is what happens when you overreact. <laughs> Malik Monk had a good two or three game stretch. And all of a sudden, it's like, hey, you should start the guy. Can we get more of a sample size before we start? I mean, come on, man. All right. Like, I, yeah, I, I'll frame it like this. I would not be opposed to Malik Monk starting. But I I also feel like you shouldn't mess up a good thing. Yeah. Uh, we saw... JB likes the small backcourt. We saw that last year with Tony Parker. He comes late in the games. Who was on the court? Kimba Walker Walker, and Tony Parker. So I think he likes that. He wants to build that chemistry. Also, um, Hornets Nation posted a stat today that Rozier and Graham were in the top five in clutch points in the NBA. Clutch clutch points meaning um, basket scored in the last five minutes of the game when the score is within – one uh, more, no more than two possessions. Well, we don't, so we don't, we don't have a lot of options, but we don't. But <laughs> but I think it just goes to show that I mean, uh, how much chemistry that they have and how much trust Borrego has in them. And in games like last night, it was you know it was apparent. Yeah. So all right, let's go to fan Q and A. Ronnie got some questions that are we hit on most of them, oh, uh, but from Anthony. Uh, Badillo, he asks, uh, do you believe that Eric ben- Eric Bieniemy is the uh, favorite for the head coaching position? That's right. I, like I said earlier, I think that what he embodies matches what um, Tepper wants. Mm-hmm. But the only thing is, you know, how will it translate as a head coach? Gotcha. All right. All right, and then uh, Ray Anderson asks, uh, knowing what we have now, do we draft a quarterback in the late round? <laughs> Didn't they just draft um, the savior? <laughs> and <laughs> so trade up to draft. I I, I am oh, not I am not pick. a fan a of drafting quarterbacks in the late round with the intent of them getting any significant playing time. Yes, there have been. Historically, you've got your Tom Brady's and your Russell uh, Wilson's and your Colin Kaepernick's, but those are anomalies. Those are outliers. Yeah. Generally, you draft the quarterback any time, anywhere past the fourth round. He's just going to be a career backup. Yeah, exactly. So if you want a quarterback, you, you've got to do like the Colts did. You've got to say, hey, Hall of Fame guy, it was a great run, but – we really kind of want this young guy to build our franchise around. Peace out. Peace out. Man. Get rid of him. You build. You, you just use your top pick on a quarterback, and then you roll with that. Well, so, how would you feel if we drafted, like, say, Tua fell to number seven? If we drafted Tua, who? Tua Tungvaloa. I know who, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not ready to give up on, on Cam yet because I, we the last the last time we saw a healthy Cam Newton. Which wasn't that long ago. Look Here at what is. he did. We were, people were like, "Yo, this might be another MVP season." And for he's Cam. only thirty. Like that's yeah, not old. old now. Not not for <laughs> quarterbacks. Tom, Brady? Tom Brady's like 42, 43. Yeah, Drew Brees. Is, how old is Drew Brees? Yeah. Like They're how old? Cheat for, for them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the system is rigged for them. Well, 
And they have offensive but, lines. But, yeah. I mean, to me, for quarterbacks, 30 is not old. We're not, we're not talking yeah. about a running back here. We're gotcha. talking I'm about, just saying the last time we saw Cam, healthy Cam, and Cam wasn't running a lot those first eight games of the previous season. He True. was passing what seventy three percent. You know, I mean, he was his he stats wise. I think it was first first six games of mm-hmm. last year. Yeah. He his numbers were better than his MVP, MVP season. Yeah. Yeah. Like so it's that, not I mean, like he doesn't have the juice. I wouldn't Tua. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't let go of Cam for Tua. No. Gotcha, gotcha. Mm-mm. You feel strongly about this. It's like, who? Who? She's going to kick in the door that Tepper's off. <laughs> David. David. Let me holler at you, David. David. <laughs> what are you doing? Y'all got, y'all got jokes. Okay. So I got the, uh, so the final question, uh, and then I have one. Uh, it's, for, it's from Terrence Hatchett. Do you think the Hornets make any moves at the trade deadline? What's the biggest need of the team? I can answer that. They should not make a move. Yep. <laughs> and they should just let this shit play out. Well, they do have a need. They they got to shore up the five. Yeah. It, that's uh, If they could somehow Gene Splice, Biombo, and Cody Zeller into the same guy. Yeah. And, and make them one <laughs> yeah. decent yeah. fit. Like, yeah. they, like they do like the Dragon Ball. Guy. They, yeah. they do like, like the hybrid. Dragon Ball fuse thing. And then <laughs> we get Biombo Zeller. That would be Bombzilla. ideal. But, yeah, but we can't do that. So... But however, said, however, having said that, I don't think they need to make a trade to do that. That needs to be a draft priority or yep. a free agency priority or, or something else. I'll, I'll say this. Um, Ronnie has said this perfectly. Hornets fans, embrace the suck. Just yeah. let, let this season play out. Like it, that. You, know, you don't need to do anything. Don't, don't screw it up. However, there's a curveball that I think may happen at the deadline. I'm, look, Marvin Williams has an expiring deal. Expiring deals are and yep. MKG teams have shown interest in Marvin and Biombo. And Biombo, you have all these expiring deals now. If Mitch Kupchak, if there's an offer out there that brings us future assets that he just can't say no to, take it, take it. Right. Other than that, I don't see anything happening. And final question for Vastar. So Trey Boston made a comment about uh, the, the 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 Panthers would be stupid to get rid of Cam Newton, and it kind of threw the offensive line under the bus. Do you foresee a problem in the future if he's resigned? I got a follow-up question. No, I mean, there were guys throwing the offensive line under the bus in the locker room <laughs> all year. Oh, he gosh. just great. That's he awesome. just That's awesome. he just waited to say it publicly after the season was over with. <laughs> but I've heard rumblings about those guys not playing or not wanting to play all season. So wow, it's not these. From defensive players, yeah. okay. the offensive guys, they they're they're they very together. they stick together. Yeah, so yeah. the offensive guys, but defensive guys, though, I've I'm not gonna drop any names because they haven't said it, but publicly, but yeah, he's not the first one to say that. And it, would that cause a rift? <laughs> no, we saw that. Like I tweeted on that last game. I know everybody wants Cam to come back, but y'all really want him to come back to this offensive line? Sure, yeah. So my follow-up question, there's, and I don't know how reliable these sources are. Let me, let me preface my statement by saying that there's been the, there's 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 been these murmurs of a mass exodus if Cam Newton is not re-signed. How much merit is that? How much merit is there to that? I mean, guys still got to feed their families. Yeah. So if the checks are, I mean, but I do think it's gonna be hard for them maybe to get um, free agents mm-hmm. um, if they're trying to to add certain pieces. Uh, people are looking at 
what that quarterback situation is going to be. As I said, nobody, players, coaches, fans, really want to go through a rebuilding process, which is why I felt the marketing team for the for Philly was so genius mm-hmm. when they came up with that whole trust the process concept mm-hmm. because they were organizationally tanking, but they had got people to look, you know, forward. Well, I, let me throw you a curveball. How, how how much did it really work? Because they were dead last in attendance while all this was going on. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's gonna come, but people. Had they hope. were dead last in attendance, but people had hope, yeah, and people okay. didn't. Their their fans did not give up on them. I but you're, playing, I'm not going to go look at a at a losing product. Yeah, yeah I'm just playing. But from advocate. from from a team perspective, yeah. I didn't see Philly fans saying, "Yo, we suck. I'm going. I'm dipping." No, they were like, "Okay, we're going to trust the process because right. that's what's been ingrained." NFL, I think, is a bit different. Nobody wants to go through. Nobody wants mm. to be on a team with Kyle Allen or Will Greer. Like we saw what that is. <laughs> Really, honestly, well, <laughs> the guys are looking at that situation. So, I, okay, I have a real quick question. Uh, a few weeks ago, Greg Olson made a comment. I don't remember if he made it to journalists or or what. I think it, it might have been a post game interview, but I'm paraphrasing here. I don't remember the exact quote, but he essentially said something about being in the NFL is more than just wanting to look cool or something. Oh, yeah, like that. I was there. Who was he referring to? I have some ideas, but I'm not going to. We can talk about it offline. Uh, yeah, I don't know who he was referring mm, to. You sure. Right. She's positive. Okay. I don't know. I don't okay. know who he was referring to. <laughs> okay, all right. She's positive. Specifically. Yeah. <laughs> all right, fair enough. Fair enough. I want to talk about a real quick culture topic. Real, real quick. We spoke about this a little bit off camera. Batch Tie asked us how dope was it a feeling that being from Charlotte, like we all are. And the hottest rapper in the world right now is he's essentially a charlatan. Even right. though he wasn't born here and you know he he moved here Semantics. like a lot. Yeah, he's yeah. a charlatan. He was just arrested in Miami for a battery charge. No details really. He just went live, so maybe he's out. Okay, maybe he's out now. Um he was arrested in Miami for a battery charge. I guess he had a warrant out already. In Dallas. Yeah, which is odd because he was just arrested in Charlotte. In Last week for apparent marijuana possession after giving out legalize toys, it after giving out toys to underprivileged kids. What what is going on with the baby? Are, are they out to get him? Looks like it. Yeah, I think so. Looks like it. The hip hop police are real. They're everywhere. The who? Hip hop police. Nah. I think the real police. The real, <laughs> 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 the real popo. Yeah. First of all, he's had he has a history with the law right here in Charlotte. But when he, I I like the way he called out the Charlotte. Oh, absolutely! Oh, that was after that concert, I loved what he did. He had his people. He had his video camp. He challenged them. Do you think other precincts in other cities didn't see that? Oh no! Well, you know, oh no! Y'all not gonna challenge. Y'all not gonna. You see, anytime you step in our city, we gonna try to get you for something. Because you are challenging us, and we are the authority, and you gotta stay in your place. I've always felt also that you know what happens when you challenge the establishment, Colin Kaepernick. Go ahead, I'm sorry. No, I, uh, I was gonna say rappers oh, are different. Though. Oh yeah, uh, oh yeah. Him beating that charge, the prosecution or the the, D, the district attorney essentially having no choice but to drop the charges because the story wasn't clear on why he killed that guy. 
uh, in that altercation, I think just kind of burns at them. Like, oh, yeah. like we couldn't, we couldn't, we, we couldn't pin this on him, regardless of who was at fault. I'm not talking about that. I'm just saying that we all know that typically district attorneys will do whatever they got to do to make their case, and they couldn't make one here. So they might feel like we've got a murderer out there, the most popular music artist in the world right now, mm-hmm. murdered someone. That's and how. That's just how they feel he's about not, it. And he's not humble enough for them. Oh, no, yeah, no. One of those black guys going to be extra humble. Hell, he, yeah, raps, you he raps about beating the case. On, you know, and I'm I, not I mad at him. Listen, the baby, I like what you're doing. <laughs> I, I don't follow famous people on Instagram. I actually hit the follow button on the baby. <laughs> oh, wow. I follow famous ladies. <laughs> I bet you do. I Sometimes I'll go and look at guys and see who they follow just so I can judge them. I'm going to do you when I get out of here. (laughs) Well, the baby, keep your head up. Stay up. We hope uh, that this is just a, you know, a lot of famous rappers have brushes. Let me me say one thing, man. I I would just, if I I have a word of advice, man, I would say, number one, get the bad apples out your camp. I think that is very, very important. That's the fall, guys. No, no, exactly. No, no, no. That's it. Yeah. Um, and, And number two, I would just. Watch your steps carefully, man. It's, and don't let Stunner for Vegas freestyle him. Did y'all see that video? Oh, no, man. no. <laughs> yo, it was bad. If you need some real rappers, oh, yo, get that. Yo. Yeah, it, anyway. All, all your friends you can Bring your brand down there. <laughs> baby. We, don't need a, we don't need a St. Lunatic situation. <laughs> I would say. Oh, no, sorry. Don't do that. I would say probably move out of Charlotte. No. No. He got to stay. Did Drake, Drake move out of Toronto? He was in Miami when that happened. He no, has no, no, Dallas. No, 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 like, no. Like, like, I heard him say, every time I'm at home, they harass me. Get away for a little bit. Have two houses. Like, Little Boosie said it the best. Rappers always get killed in their hometown. That's true. That's true. They always get killed in their hometown. And he had that publicized incident with, oh boy, back a couple months ago. <laughs> Revenge is always going to be on his mind. He's, he's going to be envious and jealous. Get away while you can. Like if you, if you, even if you got to move to Atlanta for a little. And bit, we know it's jealous cats in Charlotte. We it's know jealous it's, cats it's, everywhere. Yeah, you can everywhere. get popped anywhere. But it's more likely. It's, it's less like you'll get popped in Atlanta. Atlanta's like it's. They have this insulated. Hey, it's kind of dangerous to be an MC. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa! Right, that'll take us to our shout outs. Let's let our guests of honor go first. You have a shout out or a shout at. I don't know. I have to let y'all do y'all's first. Okay, I don't I'm, even I'm, know. I'm going to give a shout out to the Concord Police Department uh, for catching the uh, bad apples that uh, were involved with killing that young girl mm. at yes. Concord Mills. Mm. Um, it's, it's a terrible situation. Uh, yeah, yeah. Just parents, get control of your children. Uh, also, I want to give a shout out to Clemson. Uh, we're going to win another championship. Oh, boy. I don't know. It was looking rough there for a little while. It's the heart of a champion. I was impressed with that one. See? All of the referees. <laughs> I did at? see some questionable calls. Uh, they had the ball in the red zone five times and scored three field goals. In the Clemson deserved to win. I'll we deserved to win. Yeah. Hey, Dabble, what's your cash out? Okay. All right, my shout outs. Uh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, do I have anyone to shout out this week? Uh, I mean, I, I again, I just want to send my condolences to uh, uh, the Probst family. To, uh, I, I, God, I'm screwing up her name probably. Aviana. That's it. Aviana. That's it. Probst. I uh, just wanted to send my condolences to her family again. 
Um, shout out to uh, the Jetta team off the wall. Uh, shout out to everyone who keeps supporting us. Uh, shout out to Carolina Blitz for blessing us Gang. with your yes. pre- presence you. today. Um, I think that's all I got, man. Uh, uh, shot at to Bleacher Report and your... <laughs> And He's never gonna let I that go. Never. I, I'm <laughs> shot, a shout out to a shot at to our haters. Use plenty of you guys. We see you copycats, and we're not giving you the time of day. Don't pay him no attention, man. You just did. I I, I am. You're supposed to be like, yeah, yeah. Say it. You don't know. Call me out. I'm just. I'm just. I'm just sick of national media articles taking every opportunity they they can to trash Michael Jordan and the Horns. I'm over it. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, I want to shout out. All the Charlotte professional athletes who don't give up. It's tough being uh, involved in sports in Charlotte. It really, really is. Our city is cursed. We go on a roller coaster <laughs> a ride. Mascot. Yeah, every, yeah, that's true. Every, you know, this, this past decade has just been a roller coaster of emotion for Charlotte sports. Um, so, so, you know, those of you guys that are out there, I don't know, some people look at it like, hey, these guys get paid millions of dollars to play a game, which is true, but they make sacrifices that, yeah, no that doubt, we don't yeah. make when it comes to their, their family, their health, uh, things like that that we take for granted. So shout out to those guys that are out there living the dream and not giving up. Shout out to the mayor real quick. She made a tweet about the shooting in Concord, essentially saying, well, what, you know, what are, what are we doing about it, Charlotte? I'm thinking that's your job. That's you your tell job. us what you're doing about it. So shout out to Charlotte politicians. Before you go. I do have a shout out, though. Before you okay. go, I want to give a shout out to the Charlotte Hornets organization. Give this young lady some credentials. Thank yes. you. Yes. Yeah. Please give yeah. Ash Life press. Before, before she get too big for y'all. She I'm about already... to say. I... <laughs> you can proceed. All right. I have a shout out my girl, Jasmine Fritz, who recently was brave enough to call out an act of sexual harassment that she experienced from a fellow member in the media. Um, It takes a lot of courage to uh, publicize what we as women in sports go through Mm -hmm. on a daily basis. Um, so I'd like to shout out her and her act of bravery. And and now that, that bad seed or that bad apple is no longer on press row with us. So. Wow. Nice. Outstanding. Nice. Outstanding. Nice. That's going to do it for us this week. Um, we will see you again next Sunday. Uh, thank you very much, Vashti. Thanks. I always like us. being here with you. Oh, yeah, yeah. We couldn't wait to get you back on the show. We, so, um, uh, you know, bring Dave by. Yeah. If you, next you, time. You, you you bring Dave by. Bring, bring Dave. And, and bring Maybe Dave I'll hit up Nicole, and then I'll get Nicole to bring Dave. Yeah, yeah just. Uh, yeah, there you go. And, and then tell uh, the Gucci King to give us some gifts, too. I'm telling you. <laughs> you saw them, the Gucci, Gucci game every game week. Under every week he, he has drip, something. Drip, fresh. He says he doesn't get the re- respect he deserves because he's a big guy. I asked him about that. Oh wow! Right. So he pays extra for fabric too. <laughs> y'all pay extra for you know, fabric. Yeah, we pay so, extra for fabric. Y'all take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. We love you. See you next week.